when you have been disconnected with your body, maybe your whole life, like things that help you to reconnect with your cues are eating whole beautiful foods, like not being fearful or driven by numbers, but like having three meals a day, like mm-hmm. um, getting your blood sugar back balanced, having good healthy fats, proteins and healthy carbs. And so being able to like not be fearful, but nourish in a loving way and really asking yourself, are these choices loving me back? And am I nourishing consistently instead of going way to the opposite extreme and being like, I'm free and I'm just going to have all the sugar and all the things. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that isn't being kind to your body either. That's not loving you back. A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. If you are new to the show, welcome. I am so happy that you're here. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Today's episode is going to be so fun because we are talking about another topic that we've never talked about before on the show. I have my friend Joy Cross joining us today. Joy is a wife. She is a mom of two. And I must add two of the most beautiful children you've ever seen. They are literally a model family, which makes sense because Joy herself is a model and she's also a health coach. Joy is passionate about helping women grow in body connectivity and eating intuitively. In this episode, she shares her personal experience with confidence and how she got into becoming a health coach. We also talk about the danger of trendy diets, the lies society tells us about our bodies, how we can build confidence internally and externally, and most importantly, how to be a friend to your body. You guys, I loved this conversation so much and I cannot wait to listen back and take notes. I hope you guys love it and I hope you leave encouraged to be a friend to your body. Let's welcome Joy to the show. Good morning. Morning. Welcome to the show. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to chat today. We've never talked on this topic before or had like a guest on on this topic. And I think it's going to be just, I think it's so important and not talked about enough, honestly. And before I really share what it is, I want you to share that a dream that you have right now, which is the first question I ask every guest. And this can be literally anything. I feel like you know a tiny bit of this, but something that God is speaking to me right now is to really take the business that I've built and bring it into the modeling industry, which is my past, is what I used to do. So yeah, that's kind of long story short, is to be working with girls in the modeling industry on this topic that we're about to talk about. So I'm very excited about that. I love it. You just teased us with the dream. So now everyone has to follow along to see it come to fruition. Yes. <laughs> okay, so so we have some context. Let's hear a little bit about you and your story and and what you do. Mm-hmm. I basically have modeled uh, on and off for the last 10 years. And after I had my son, 
I started working for Neiman Marcus and um, some bigger clients in Dallas and was um, working more full time. Um, And during that time, I started to feel very disconnected to my body, would go kind of hours without eating unintentionally, um, just while shooting, and then just didn't really know like my hunger cues or fullness cues and just kind of felt, started experiencing anxiety, started having panic attacks. And I felt like one thing was kind of leading to another where I just felt like something was really wrong with me (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm eating all the right things. I'm eating so healthy, but I just felt so disconnected to my body, really anxious and uh, honestly not confident. I just had like a major lack of confidence and connection with my body. So yeah, basically long story short, when the pandemic hit, I really felt this pull to start nutrition school I thought it was like, let me learn all of the facts and details about every, you know, (laughs) which I did. But through that process, I really healed my relationship with my body. I really learned how much our health is holistic and the areas of our life are connected and really gained confidence that I hadn't really had up until that point. Yeah. So that's kind of my story. I felt so passionate to kind of take the journey that I had learning how to be more connected to your body, listening and honoring and not being against your, seeing your body as against you or seeing your body that something needs to be fixed or constantly worked on Mm -hmm. and really simplifying it and just believing I can be a friend to my body. I can listen in, I can honor it. I can respect it, hold it with dignity and confidence. And that was really my journey and, and kind of, yeah, now my mission forward. So I love that being a friend to your body. I think that's so powerful. So you did the nutrition school. So what are you doing with that now? Yeah. So at the moment I'm working with clients just one-on-one to be able to really go on that journey of a lot of it is mindset. Honestly, like we think we're in such a quick fix culture of like, I just want to like feel good tomorrow and like give me the exact plan. But the thing that we don't realize is how much of the way we feel is our mindset towards our body and unlearning a lot of toxic things that culture and maybe the way we were raised really was solidified in our minds of like Mm -hmm. your body needs to be fixed it's a project constantly you're you're not valued unless you're on some crazy diet or doing some Mm -hmm. crazy like extreme thing And so, yeah, right now, that's what it looks like is my coaching practice, just working with women one-on-one in a really safe space to be able to journey with them in that area. I think there's this idea around, you know, oh, well, if I start eating healthy or if I start being active or working out, like in a week, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to look better. Mm -hmm. And that's just like not the truth at all. It's like anything. It's like muscle takes a while to build and not just like actual muscle but like your brain muscle to like Mm -hmm. it to like readjust to new habits and new behavior and like even when you and I spoke and I I was asking you know your opinion and uh, on like you know my eating issues and I would do the same thing like I'm always on the go so like starving myself throughout the day and making excuses like oh I eat fast food all the time because I don't have time to cook because I'm in my car all day long like 
the food would just get bad sitting in the car. And even though like what you had explained to me made sense, it still took me like I had to hit my own moment of like, wait, I need to make a change and really feel that disconnect. And once I did, now I'm on like month th- two and a half of like, I've not had fast food in two and a half months. I love it. And like, it just probably took, it probably took six weeks for me to really feel the mental change of not eating fast food and eating more whole food and also being more active. Like I still really dislike going to the gym, but I like the way I feel after like when I'm there, I really don't enjoy it at all. But like, I like the way it makes me feel. And like, I feel like that's what I've, what I feel like your message is about, like listening to your body, like being more intuitive, like being nice to your body. Like it does, it's not an overnight thing. It's like a progressive thing. Absolutely. That's huge. What is your main goal behind wide open space living? Like where did that name come from also? Yeah. So as far as the name, like I just feel like in that season that I kind of just briefly shared, like I felt so closed in by insecurity and shame constantly being led and motivated by fear of like, I was not enough constantly just kind of wanting control because I didn't feel that joy internally And yeah, I would say just as a visual for you visuals and creatives, like I just felt boxed in, like I just felt very constricted by myself. And I was so aware that I was the one that was kind of putting myself through this almost like being led by, I should do this or I should do that instead of like, I can be a friend. Like our language is so powerful. So I just really saw that visual of wide open space living. And I was like, that's just what I'm going to name it. Like, it feels like a God thing, a God dream. And I didn't really take it much further. I was like, that's the name. So then what, what is your goal for, for women who come in to join you in, you know, in this wide open space living? My goal is absolutely that women would know that they can be a friend to their body in the most simple put way. Like we're not taught in culture how to do that. We are taught to constantly be picking ourselves apart. And a lot is shifting in a positive way in this area. Mm -hmm. Like obviously there's like a huge body positivity moment happening right now. And I'm, I'm pumped that we're making big changes there. But yeah, that is my mission to have women be like, I can actually think in a way that is from a place of kindness, not Mm -hmm. from motivation of shame or insecurity or fear. We were, you know, fearfully, wonderfully made as we are Mm -hmm. and like treating our body like the temple that it is and like being kind to the body God gave us and embracing that and also treating it like there's there's like a balance between like loving your body as it is, but also like being kind to your body and like being healthy. Like what, what is your, like, what would you say on that? Like, what's the balance between? Yeah, no, that's a really good question because a lot of people think like, Oh, I'm eating intuitively now. So like, I just do whatever, Mm -hmm. like I feel led to do in the moment. And I think like taking that a step further, when you really ask yourself what it is to be kind to your body and seeing your body, yeah, as like, as Christians, like as a temple, like, Mm -hmm. I think a really simple question people can always ask themselves is, is this choice going to love me back? That's really good. And because in the moment you might be like, I'm living my best life. I'm just going to, whatever, have a mixed blurry, (laughs) like whatever it is. (laughs) And a lot of people can be like, I'm free with food now, but it's like, is that going to help you be mentally free? Like, is that supporting your mental health? 
is that yeah. helping you be connected to your body? Well, the reality is, is there is a nutrition side of that. So mm-hmm. when you have been disconnected with your body, maybe your whole life, like things that help you to reconnect with your cues are eating whole beautiful foods, like not being fearful or driven by numbers, but like having three meals a day, like mm-hmm. um, getting your blood sugar back balanced, having good healthy fats, proteins, and healthy carbs. And so being able to like not be fearful, but nourish in a loving way and really asking yourself, are these choices loving me back? And am I nourishing consistently? Instead of going way to the opposite extreme and being like, I'm free and I'm just going to have all the sugar and all the things. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that isn't being kind to your body either. That's not loving you back either. Does that make sense? Totally. I love that idea of like, is this decision going to love me back? And I think too, like what I've learned about nutritious food just over the last couple months, like when I'm eating whole nutritious food, I'm actually full longer and I feel better after. Yeah. When I'm going through the Taco Bell drive-thru, which I really miss, I'm hungry. Like shortly after I stuff my face because I'm eating not good food. So I feel like crap after and then I'm hungry quicker. So what I've learned just with my like very on the go lifestyle, if I'm making something a nice, nutritious, whole food at home, I'm good until I get back home because I've ate something that served my body very well. So I feel like people get so confused with health because literally there's so many diet trends going around. Like I see them all over TikTok, all over Instagram. What is the difference between these trendy diets and a holistic health approach? I think all of us have had some sort of history with trying like some sort of trend thing or whether that's like a cleanse or whatever. But I think when you really stop and pause and ask yourself like, okay, how did that serve me in the long run? Most of the time it didn't. Like what was your motivator for starting that trend thing? Like what was your why? Which I obviously talk about a lot. How we eat is very important. But I think that all people, bottom line, just want to feel healthy and want to feel well. So holistically, like, it's not just about, oh, doing like a three-day juice cleanse or something. It's recognizing what you're craving for health goes so much deeper than just like the food that we're putting in our body. Holistic health in that perspective is my health, my habits, my lifestyle, my relationships, my career, it's all very, very connected to my health as an individual. So if something is like really not serving me, say you have a super toxic boyfriend or something like, but you're stuffing your face with like green juice every day and wanting to be Mm -hmm. healthy, like you're not going to feel well if you have a relationship that's draining and has toxicity in your life. Does that make sense? So it's recognizing that all the areas of your life are connected and the way that we do one thing often has an impact on the way that we do everything. Like say you're in a rut of really procrastinating, like all the things that you don't want to think about. Maybe you do that in relationships. Like maybe you don't really want to have the hard conversations. Maybe you are just like ignoring the fact that you're in the taco that'll drive through like six days a week or whatever. And you're just like, I'll deal with it later. So the one thing that we like the way we do one thing, but the way that we eat, it often really impacts a lot of the areas of our life. And so having that mindset of like, Oh gosh, like my mm-hmm. health is so much more than just 
this meal that I'm having right now or this cleanse that I'm doing right now. Beyond that. I had my friend Ivy on the podcast a couple episodes ago and she she also does like has a very holistic approach to like nutrition and living and she talked on the episode about her just in life in general she has three priorities that she lives by and nothing can come nothing compromises them and the first one is her health because she always says if I don't have my health if I'm not treating my health right my body right like nothing else matters because everything else will fall out of place if I'm not mentally, physically, spiritually healthy. And I feel like that's that's kind of tying into what you're saying. It's like you can be in a very toxic relationship, have a very toxic partner and have a very healthy lifestyle. But if, if they're outside of that, but if there is a toxic piece in your life, like it's still going to affect everything else. And like, that's kind of, that's like what you're saying. Like, this aspect of your life, if you had, hey, I was that person living in denial in the Taco Bell drive-through literally six days, <laughs> six days a week, and that oh, I'll stop eating it one day, but it really was a lifestyle thing. Like my mom, like had worked from home, and if she didn't have time to cook, which she mostly did, cook dinner every night, we had fast food all the time growing up, and so that was like for me just a thing that was normal. When I meet people who've never had fast food, I'm like, were you born yesterday? Like what happened? Because in my mind, like everyone eats fast food. But I got to the point of like, okay, I'm 30, about to be 32 years old. And like, although like genetically speaking, I don't look like I would eat fast food a lot, but my insides were unhealthy. Like I have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, like all these things that like on the inside are obviously not loving me back. (laughs) And so I feel like Mm -hmm. it all ties back to that, which is something we don't think about, you know, just for anyone listening, like switching your life and like making a huge change. It's like, if you go from toxic relationship to toxic relationship and you want to get into a healthy one, you have to figure out what the underlying issue is that's causing you to have these patterns. And I think it's the same thing with like healthy eating or this holistic approach to you know, changing mind, body, spirit, nutrition, all of that, you have to do the hard work to make the change. And it's not an overnight thing. I just relate everything to relationships because it's like the easiest (laughs) analogies for me. (laughs) Totally. Because we all, that's such a huge, huge part of life. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is probably the most dangerous thing behind like these trendy diets? They're not created to like, if it doesn't work for you, for the blame to be put on the trend or on the diet, like for whatever reason in our culture, like we aren't taught to question, why is everyone just drinking celery like for five days in a row? Like we're not taught to question that all the marketing is like new you and like whatever, like, Mm -hmm. And so whenever like we end that thing and maybe if the incentive is like losing weight, say for example, and we genetically like our metabolism is like, whoa, you're eating all normal food again and say you gain back the weight plus more because your body was being starved for five days. Well, then we don't put the, we don't put the shame and the blame on the cleanse. We put the shame and the blame on us. Like what's wrong with you? Um, And it only creates that divide between you and your body. Like that distrust goes wider and wider and wider. Mm -hmm. The more we're trying these extreme things and extreme lifestyles, because every single time it's hitting our security, it's hitting our confidence of 
what's wrong with you? Why can't you stick to something? Or why are you constantly falling off the bandwagon or whatever? So the biggest toxicity in it is really your self-confidence and just feeding insecurity in your life and in your, in your thoughts. I heard this quote from Ed Milet, who has an amazing podcast, and he talks about confidence a lot. And he said that lack of confidence in any area of your life comes from a lack of trust with yourself. Yeah. So if you're constantly breaking promises to yourself, like I'm going to start going to the gym and you never go, or you go for three days and then you stop, or I'm going to start eating healthy and you do it for three days and then you go on vacation. So you make excuses and then you come back and it's hard with all these excuses. So lack of confidence is lack of trust within yourself. So you're breaking promises constantly. And so he says, if you want to build confidence in any area of your life or just overall, start making small promises to yourself that you can keep and watch your confidence build and start, start so small. So say like today I'm going to stretch or do a 15 minute tiny little workout or go for a walk or like whatever, like Stop saying these like, oh, I'm going to go on a six week crash workout course. And then you're going to then you're going to be discouraged when three days in, you're like, oh, that's too hard. And then now you're back where you started. Exactly. When you're thinking with being a friend to your body, just with that, the language that I'm always using, something that I've loved in my heart this year is working with your life and not against it is something that I'm continuing to share because it's just this idea of what's your season? Like, are you a mom? Are you working full-time and nine to five? Like, what's your season? How can, when you work with your life, like you were saying, make like goals that you actually can achieve or intentions that you actually can achieve and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like you can actually enjoy that. What you were saying, I feel so good after my workout. And so it keeps me going. Like, what's going to be that moment of like, I enjoy this. I feel good doing this. So I will continue, but it's got to work with your life and not against it. You can't do like a three hour situation in the morning and then you're exhausted for the rest of your day. Have no Mm -hmm. time for maybe whatever, like if you're married or have kids or whatever it is, like no energy for the things that you truly value. So it's got to work with your life. What would you say would be a good way to start building one's confidence in the area of food? committing to viewing it as nourishment and really checking your thoughts. So we've been talking about thoughts a lot, mm-hmm. but as soon as you feel yourself getting judgmental or say you do choose like randomly, I don't have time. I'm starving. I'm going through the drive through like in that moment, having curiosity with yourself and committing to compassion with yourself instead of doing this flip flop self judgmental path that really mm drives that insecurity that lack of confidence that frustration that shame all those things that can really make our relationship with food complicated and frustrating um commit to this is nourishment for the body that i'm grateful for Mm -hmm. what are you grateful for about your body like start to list things off yeah i would say committing to compassion and committing to curiosity in your choices because really the first step is your mindset around it. It's, it really truly is. I think an action step for anyone listening would be to journal, like what, what about your body are you grateful for? Maybe you had a baby, like you created a miracle, like that's something to be grateful for outside of maybe the insecurities that come with women's bodies after babies. I can't speak from experience on that, but you know, I think 
just journaling down anything what you're grateful for about your body so you can even start a process with gratefulness. And I I feel like that will bring excitement into the process as well. And when it comes to food specifically, when you're coming at it from a place of gratitude and having compassion in the moments that feel frustrating or like that you're taking steps to healing, you can really see it as you can see food as the bridge to healing instead of the enemy because for so long maybe some of us have seen food as the enemy or how can I eat less or how can I eat like like less calories being able to see food and nourishment as fuel for the body that you're grateful for changes everything you're not like approaching it with like how much am I eating or do I need to weigh this or like whatever it's just like Mm -hmm. I'm nourishing until I'm satisfied I'm keeping it simple I'm going to do that consistently and over time, my relationship with food is going to improve. Yeah. And I, and I think it goes back to, I, I feel like is your like slogan, like be a friend to your body. And also like, I think that means talk to yourself and talk to your body the way you'd want someone else to. So if you wouldn't allow someone else to like call you names or be negative towards you, don't do it to yourself. Yeah. Cause absolutely. we're so quick to be like, I would never let anyone talk to me like that. But then we talk to ourselves like that. (laughs) Yeah, our language is incredibly Mm -hmm. powerful. And noticing what's been your language around food in your body your whole life. Have you had like an unhelpful habit loop that you've stuck in for years and years and years and recognizing you actually get to change that story going forward. Like you can actually choose what it's going to be going forward. Yeah, I think the beauty is like, we are in control. Like you, you are in control and you have the power to make the choice. And again, like, I feel like all of this is much easier said than done because any great change takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. and support for sure. Mm -hmm. What are, I did, I was doing a little bit of research. Um, what are a couple of the best ways we can nourish our body, mind, and our soul? I think kind of what I was just touching on, like, and recognizing that, okay, if my health is holistic, I'm not just going to fixate on just the food Mm -hmm. while ignoring maybe some of the areas of my life. So recognizing how spiritual it is, like, to be grateful for your body that was created good. Like, it wasn't created bad, like what culture is saying you always need to fix or tweak or whatever. It It was created good. So it is a spiritual practice to nourish um and being able to view it that way like brings actually so much more joy honestly yeah asking yourself do I have a spiritual habit in my life is this going deeper on a soul level like or am I just being like have I had have I had green juice today or like have I Mm -hmm. had a salad like being fearful is not going to nourish you. I'll tell you a personal story in this just to drive it home. Like I was like obsessed with everything had to be healthy, but my like gut health was so bad. My digestion was completely off, which made my mental health like jacked. And I was always like, what is wrong with me? But honestly, like it was fear of not being enough. Like I know for a fact from having experienced it, having fear of not being enough And letting that be my driving force of all my decisions. Like, is this healthy enough? Is this good enough? My body did not receive the nutrients. Like our mind-body connection is huge. And this is why I'm driving home how you eat is so important. 
because as soon as I made that shift in my mind, like I feel so much more well. My anxiety has gone down Mm -hmm. so much. I feel grateful for my body and it really does become my body soul nourishment. Did you have to like forgive yourself in that process to like move forward with that new mindset? Yeah, I think that shame is sticky, you know, and I think that you can recognize there's a lot of lies that there's a lot of lies you're believing in that process. There's a lot of limiting beliefs that are holding you back from being able to step out into more confidence, but understanding Mm -hmm. like in that process, I think nutrition school was obviously a huge turning point for me. Like I didn't even realize how healing on a deep level it was going to be, but there was, yeah, there was absolutely a lot of journaling, a lot of intentionally choosing that I was going to take a different path in my thoughts Mm -hmm. And then really, like I said, like letting compassion sort of, sort of lead the way. So I think in that there was forgiveness because I, I crowded out that judgment, that judgmental thinking towards myself with a lot of compassion for my past, for my story, for my experiences modeling. So a lot of this, I think has to do with focus on how you want to, how you want to feel. So what if, what if how someone feels is not serving them and they're stuck in a rut and they're just like, I'm constantly having bad cravings. I'm constantly just not feeling good, but I want to feel good. Where do you recommend they start to like focus on feeling good? Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I always challenge like, where can you let go of black and white thinking and extreme thinking? Because that just doesn't serve is the on and off great Mm -hmm. you were you chose healthy for three days and you did it in a very extreme way and now you're back to old habits so letting go of the black and white extreme cycle is really and let like almost grieving that of like that's not going to be the answer because we almost get addicted to like I have to do something extreme to be enough or I have to whip myself into shape like almost as a validation for like, you've got this, you're back on track. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so committing to sort of letting go of that process and asking yourself what's small, like we talked about building that confidence when you feel that inch of confidence of I can make a small shift and follow through on it, then you can build from that place. So that may look like I'm going to make one nourishing meal a day at first Mm -hmm. and I'm going to commit to eating three times a day maybe it's I'm going to commit to actually having breakfast in the morning and not just like running off adrenaline until lunch and then eating (laughs) that was my life as soon as you can (laughs) yeah um so I think that's where it comes with working with someone because having a coach understand your lifestyle and your job and the kind of things about your life is helpful to get some input of what could be really serving you. But yeah, I think a huge step is letting go of the extreme back and forth. What would you say to someone, um, by the way, you guys, uh, Joy has two beautiful kids. One is like a new baby. They're the most stunning model family you'll ever see in your entire life. But she does have two kids. So what would you say to someone who's listening to this and they're like, that all sounds great, but I'm a mom and I don't have time to Mm. focus on myself or to carve out time to be active. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I would say we all nourish and stuff like we all eat 
we all grocery shop from time to time. So when you are grocery shopping moms, like asking yourself that question, like, are these foods going to love me back? Like having them in your house is going to be, well, that's what you're going to eat. So Mm -hmm. not being fearful about it, but just asking yourself, like, are these foods loving me back? Getting more produce in the house, like getting like berries you can snack on. Like, are Mm -hmm. are the snacks that you have going to love you back? Having it in the house is so, so huge. And then practically, like, especially for moms, like, how can you incorporate some self-care into your day every day? Because I know that it's a cycle of, I don't have time for me, blah, blah, blah. Then you start to get bitter, maybe mm-hmm. resentful towards your life. And like, that is toxic, right? That mindset is toxic. So when you can carve out and commit, I've been just doing like a bath at the end of my day when my kids are sleeping and journal. And that's what works for me. It has to be what something that revives your spirit and helps you connect to your body so whatever that may be maybe that's a face mask at the end of the day maybe it's just having tea and reading your favorite book um committing to maybe it's like going to get yourself a matcha at your favorite cafe when you're on the go with your baby like what's one thing a day that you can do that communicates to you like i love you i have compassion for how busy and crazy life is you're cared for. You guys love walks too. I feel like you're always, you always post something super inspirational and motivational on your stories. Whenever you're on a walk, I'm like, she's doing self-care and she's receiving from it. And I'm now receiving from this. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Yeah. It's walks are huge. It's another thing of like, you don't have to be extreme. I don't, I used to be like, I have to go on like a three mile run every day. And now I'm like, I get that same like adrenaline, like life is great. You're grateful, like high from just going and walking my son to school in the morning. Like, so walks are very good for your mental health. Nico is a huge walker. He goes on a walk pretty much every day when he gets done with work. It's his way of like just getting his mind clear. Yeah. I've I've gone on two with him. Um <laughs> I'm when I'm editing all day and the last thing I want to do is like get off the couch and go for a walk. I'm like, I've already been to the gym today. Now going for a walk would be extreme for me. But I think like just from my personal like experience, what the most intimidating part about changing like a lifestyle change, because if you go from like eating whatever you want all the time to like now, like bringing in nutritious, healthy, like food into your home for me, the most intimidating thing was, well, I grew up cooking all these other like very like outrageous Italian meals, but like, Mm. you know, and now I'm bringing in all these greens and all these like bright, beautiful looking foods that I'm like, I don't know what to do with them. (laughs) And so I think just like retraining my brain and knowing that there's actually like really delicious recipes out there. Like it, cause when I think of like healthy food, I'm like, it's bland. It doesn't taste good. It has no flavor. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I bought a bunch of cookbooks, downloaded this app and I have found so many amazing recipes. And literally when I make them, I think of you, I'm like, this looks like the thing that Joy posted on her story that looked so good, but I just <laughs> couldn't imagine it tasting good because it's so healthy. I love that. But it is So possible. where would you start? Are you asking, like, kind of where would you start if you have that overwhelm of, like, what can I make with yeah. healthy food? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think just, like, what you said, like, I'm not some crazy cook. Actually, like, Ryan is way the better chef in our family. Like, he's just has a lot of that. But 
I think like what you said, like finding your favorite, like recipe influencer, like people that just are constantly putting stuff out to inspire you. And then realizing you don't have to make it exactly like, cause for me, like following recipes every day, like that's really intimidating. So I might see like this beautiful bowl with like organic chicken and some sort of grain and lots of colorful veggies. And I'm like, I'm just going to do my version of that and not feel like I have to follow it exactly. I think that that really sets a lot of freedom into it because a lot of people don't even have the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by, I am not going to follow recipes every day for dinner. Like I can't stick to this thinking really simple. Like, do I have a healthy protein? Do I have a healthy fat of some sort, whether that's using olive oil in your cooking or avocado or whatever, like, and do I have a healthy carb, whether that's sweet potato or quinoa or then you just think in those three ways, like, do I have that in my house? Can I make something that's going to satisfy me? Yes. Like, do I have spices? Like, can I do this intuitively? Yes. You don't have to be overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I didn't make like a perfect dinner. Like mm-hmm. if it has those components, you're going to be satisfied. You're going to be more in tune with your natural cues because your blood sugar will be balanced. Like you said, you feel more satisfied when you eat mm-hmm. whole foods than, and you can go longer. So don't be overwhelmed or don't feel shame of like, oh, I don't have enough recipes. Like just get inspired and do it your own way. And don't feel like that's another thing to have to check the box on. I love that. Yeah, because that that would be, when it feels like it's on like a to-do list, that's when it feels overwhelming. Like I have to do this, you know? So um, I feel like this is like a real thing people struggle with. Um, But if there's someone listening who you know, is struggling with an eating disorder of any kind, whether that be from wanting to lose weight, be to appease society or, you know, to fit in with the world um, or whatever their reason may be behind it. What advice would you give someone struggling with any type of eating disorder? Mm-hmm. I, it's so common. I think so many of us have experienced an eating disorder or some form of it in our lifetime. And I think seeing a therapist first, because um, as a health coach, it's outside of my scope of practice to just solely be working with someone through an eating disorder, but then getting the support of a health coach, because that component of it is choosing to be vulnerable with what's actually going on in your head is like such a huge part. Like being able to say it out loud, just that is so healing. Being able to speak your thoughts, your beliefs, your limiting beliefs, your habits, um, being able to speak it out is so, so powerful and taking the steps forward. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that. Um, and it's so beautiful, like having worked with some women that have been struggling with that, like, it's so beautiful just seeing the power Mm. of women changing their language. Yeah. Like, your language towards your body, your words are incredibly powerful. And when you can have someone else accountable there with you, it could feel very overwhelming when it's all in here. And you might almost want to just hold that because you feel like someone will judge you or there's so much shame, but it's actually the most freeing and beautiful process to be able to walk it out with someone who is a safe spot. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's safe to say that eating disorders stem from our mind whatever's going on in our mind it's what's causing the eating disorder and so 
obviously like being in a safe place with a therapist to be vulnerable and share what's the root of, of this problem. And I feel like that's where, you know, most healing stems from the root of the problem. That's really good. Yeah. So kind of wrapping up, um, what is one choice that someone listening could make today to become a healthier version of themselves? Committing to have compassion and curiosity with yourself. If there's a choice that you would just automatically judge and then that drives to more habits that are not loving you back. Like if you can stop your mind in that process and be like, where can I actually have curiosity and some compassion that will change the course of your day, which will change the course of your weeks. That would be a mindset thing. And then practically um, just like something that you can do practically I would say committing to eating some sort of breakfast because if this is a thing that you've been struggling with for a long time, if you're not nourishing in the morning and committing to that, it's really hard for you to be in tune with your cues for the rest of the day. And you might be finding that you're just kind of eating in a disconnected way in the evening or not even aware of how much you're eating or not aware of when you're satisfied. And so you're just eating, eating, eating in the evening. So I would say committing at the beginning of the day to have some kind of breakfast is going to be really huge and balancing your blood sugar, having you feel safer in your body, connected and communicates to your body that there's a relationship there that's trusted. That's so good. And so true. I used to hate breakfast. It's my least favorite meal of the day, but Nico loves it and and needs to have it. And now that we're going to the gym daily, it's like we are starving when we get back. It's like we have to eat. And eating breakfast really does set the tone for the day. And I can't explain it. It's just like I really dislike breakfast. But again, it's like I like the way it makes me feel afterwards. And it really does set the tone for the day. It's it's crazy. (laughs) And if you're not a breakfast person, because so many girls are not, I find so many of my clients at the beginning don't eat breakfast, doing something that works for you. So Mm -hmm. if it's just like a quick berry smoothie with some protein powder, it doesn't have to be, some people are like, ew, I hate eggs. Like I eat eggs almost every morning. Like it doesn't have to be the full hot breakfast situation, but just having some sort of protein and something to kickstart your day in a loving way. And it's just got to work for what you love. Yeah. So are there any books on this topic that you would recommend? Yeah, totally. I think a really huge one, if this is a journey that you are excited to start and and you would love to kind of like have something that you can journal through, the Intuitive Eating Workbook and then just the Intuitive Eating Book itself has some really, really helpful tools. I love to point people kind of in that direction at the start of your journey. Amazing. Well, for anyone listening, if you're interested in that, I am going to um, put the link to those books in the episode description. And then where can they follow along? You guys, even if like, at the end of the day, you just need to follow Joy on Instagram, because it will eventually encourage you and inspire you um, to want to be healthier. At least for me, I really enjoy watching your your stories and just seeing all your gratefulness posts. And it really does encourage me. So where can they follow along? Yeah. So on Instagram, Joy Marie Lira. Um, and then I have a link to my website on my Instagram, or you can just go to wideopenspaceliving.com. And from there, if you do want to have a trial session with me or interested in coaching, you can find that on my work with me page. Amazing. 
Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a mom and you have a million things going on. So I really appreciate you sitting down with me today. I loved it. Thank you so much.